I'm in a, a series that I'm preaching, Don't Be Afraid. And it was suggested that today's topic be, uh, instead of Don't Be Afraid, Be Afraid of Mama. All right? Be Afraid of Mama. She brought you into this world, and I guarantee you she can still take you out. That would have been my whole sermon right there. So uh, anyway, but I'm going to keep preaching on Don't Be Afraid, but it's not going to be on Mama today, all right? Uh, however, we will talk about ladies. Uh, Psalms 34 is our key verse. Verse 4, David said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. I believe God can do that, don't you? He can deliver us from any fear that we are facing in our life. I'm about to pray and ask God's blessing on our service uh, before I do. Isn't it great? Isn't it great to have family? Isn't it? This is our family. This is your family for life. And I'm thankful for every person who is a part of this. I'm thankful for my mother. What a great mom. Would you give my mom a big hand? She deserves it. She so deserves it because she, she had to raise my sister, Sharita. That's why she deserves it so much. I'm thankful for my mother-in-law, Miss Peggy, who is here. And all of my family who are here. Boy, we had a, a family get-together yesterday. And, and uh, my, my youngest nephew, who's not able to be here today, Jacob, graduated with his doctorate degree from the University of Arkansas yesterday. Quite an accomplishment. We're so proud of him. Uh, and then my other two nephews are here. These are great guys. I had so many wonderful family memories. I spent all afternoon just laughing until I got a headache uh, of, of the great stories from, from years gone by. But I'm so thankful for my family. And I, I don't get to bra- Do I brag on my kids very much from up here? I really don't. Tell me I don't. I really don't brag on my kids, do I? No, I hardly ever do. But I'm going to brag on my daughter, Callie. Uh, this past week, she won Arkansas 6A state championship in the 300-meter hurdles. She is a state champion hurdler for the second year in a row, Monty. For the second year in a row, next year, her senior, it's going to be a 3 So, uh Anyway, boy, I'm thankful for her and my family. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love us so much that you've given us families. Families that we can uh, run to for times of need and support. I thank you for parents who love their kids and kids who love their parents. I thank you for the families of this church because what makes this a great church are the families who make it up. Most of all, I thank you for the family of faith that we have the privilege of being a part of. And dear Lord, it's my prayer today that your Holy Spirit would just gently speak to each spirit that is here. Because there are some lonely folks who need a fresh touch of grace from your hand. And I pray that you'd give it today. In Jesus' name, amen. If I were to ask you what you consider to be the most common emotional pain in our society today, what would you say? Maybe depression or anxiety or guilt. Did you know that sociologists tell us the most common emotional pain in the world today is loneliness? I think we can see it from all the telltale signs that are out there. All the 1-800 call-in chat lines where you actually pay to talk to a stranger about nothing. (laughs) You know? Or what about the internet? that connects 2.5 billion people together. And then those of us who use social media, 
Did you know that the average person who uses some form of social media spends on average 3.2 hours a day just connecting with other people? Because we need, we need friendships. Let me talk a minute about beer commercials, all right? Strange thing to talk about. Come on, isn't it? But think about it. Beer commercials are not about selling beer. They are all about selling relationships. They always show people together having a great time, being happy, smiling, arms around each other, having fun with a little motto. It doesn't get any better than this. They're not selling the taste of beer. They're saying if you drink this product, you're going to have friends and a whole lot of fun. Well, the bottom line is this. The fact is we do need each other. God made us to need each other. We need people. We don't need to be alone. What does God have to say about loneliness? Well, you don't have to go very far in the Bible to get His Word on it. In fact, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. God said, it isn't good for man to be alone. God had just put Adam in the Garden of Eden where everything was perfect. There were no problems, there was no sin, no heartaches, no suffering. Yet the first thing that God said wasn't good was loneliness. Even in the perfect place of Eden, He said, it's not good for man to be alone. So what did God do? He created perfection. He made a woman. There it is, ladies. That's as good as it gets right there. That's all I got for you right there. Take it or leave it. Really, God has provided three resources or remedies to relieve or reduce the pain of loneliness in our lives while we're here on this earth. What are these three remedies? Well, very quickly, there's His plan to live for, His people to live with, and number three, His presence to live in. I'm going to talk about the third one, but let me just mention the first two. God gives us this as a remedy for loneliness. That is His plan to live for. When you're focusing on God's plan for your life, you really don't have a whole lot of time to throw a pity party or to feel lonely. When you focus on what God made you to do, you're so busy doing that that you really don't have time to feel pity for yourself. Why? Because you're busy serving other people. You're busy doing ministry. And I can tell you this from experience. The only time you will experience great joy, the joy that God intended you to have, is when you have found and are following His good, acceptable, and perfect will for your life. And so He's given us that as a remedy for loneliness. Just get involved in the life God made you for. Number two, He's given us His people to live with. God gives us people to live with. In fact, Psalms 86 verse 6 says, He puts the lonely in families. If you are a believer, you have a family. The church is the family of God. It is to be an extended family. And part of the purpose of Kavanaugh Church is to provide you with relationship opportunities. We have lots of opportunities for you to develop close friends, so that when you go through the inevitable crisis of your life, you're going to have somebody there to help you out and to lend a hand. Now, the church provides all of these opportunities 
but you've got to take advantage of them. So join a Bible study group. Get involved in some kind of fellowship group. Make friends. Don't just attend church, but be involved in the family of faith. And then he gives us his presence to live in. This is the third resource, and I really want to focus on this one this morning. God gives us his presence to live in. Psalms 139, David asked the question, where can I go from your presence? He's asking that to God. God, where can I go from your presence? Well, you can't. Because God is everywhere. God is everywhere right now. You can't escape from God's presence. He's everywhere. We say He's omnipresent. That means God is everywhere present at the same time. There is no place in the universe where God isn't. No matter where you go this afternoon or where you go this next week, God is going to be there. You, can't ex you cannot escape from His presence. And here's another benefit. If you are a believer, He lives inside of you. Hmm. However, this is no encouragement at all unless you know that and unless you sense His presence, feel His presence, experience His presence. He can be all around you but it's of no help at all unless you know that He's there and you take advantage of His presence. Hebrews 13.5, He said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So God is always with me. I need to recognize that, tune in to God, and plug into God. And when I do that, there are so many benefits that come along with that relationship. For example, Three of them. Because God is with me, number one, very simple, I know He's going to help me out. Because He's with me, I know that God is going to help me out. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, Don't worry. God says, Don't worry because I am with you. Don't be afraid because I am your God. I will make you strong and help you. I will support you. Notice the three things in this verse that God promises to do for you. He promises to make you strong, to help you out, and to support you. He is saying, you're not alone in this world. No matter what you face, you don't have to face it alone. Now understand, people, there is a huge difference between being alone and being lonely. If God is with you and you sense His presence, you may be alone, but you will never be lonely. A lot of times loneliness comes not at our bidding. Sometimes we don't ask for loneliness, do we? It just kind of sneaks up and overwhelms us. People get lonely because of a death of a loved one. And there are so many in our church who over the last few years have experienced that, and you can relate to that. People get lonely because of a divorce. People get lonely because of desertion. Maybe you were abandoned by someone you thought was your friend or a business partner or a marriage partner or maybe even your parents. They've abandoned you and you feel all alone. Some of you moms are here today and you feel lonely because you have poured all of your life into your kids. You've given them all that you have and then... 
I don't know why they did it, but they grew up and moved away. And now you're lonely. What do you do when you go through the seasons of life where loneliness is forced on you and you haven't asked for it? Well, you remember that God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You remember that God said, I will never abandon you. Understand that He is with you and He's there to help you. Psalms 27 verse 10 out of the NCV says, If my mother and father leave me, the Lord will take me in. Isn't that a great comfort? Even if you're abandoned by the people who are supposed to take care of you, you know, God says, I won't do that. I won't leave you. 2 Corinthians 4.9 says, God never abandons us. Even if everybody else in my life walks out the door, God is not going to abandon me. God is going to be there for me. And when I realize that, and when I plug into that, I know that I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and no matter what, Jesus is there with me. Because God is with me, number two, I know He's going to cheer me up. If you've ever been lonely, you know how sad it makes you feel. It makes you feel empty on the inside, doesn't it? Come on. You know what I'm saying. Angie told me to never tell this story in church, but I told it this morning at the 9 o'clock service, so I think I'm going to tell it again at this service. Um, when I was a kid, we moved two different times. Sure, you remember we moved to, to, from Midland to Abilene first, and then we moved from Abilene to Lubbock. And I guess that was probably in 1976 when we moved to to, uh, to Lubbock. 1976. I was a I was a sophomore in, in high school. You were, I guess you were a junior, almost you were a senior. We got we got uprooted, moved to a different school, Coronado High School is where we got moved to in, in Lubbock, and it was November, almost Thanksgiving, I think it was when we moved. So school was in session, and, and here I am. I'm a 10th grader. 10th graders are in that high school. They were, they were at the bottom of the totem pole, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th graders together. So we were already the scum of the earth, 10th graders, you know. And here I am moving into a new school in November. I didn't know anybody in that school. And this is a huge school. There were like 700 kids in my graduating class. So this is a huge school. And I'm thrown into this new school system, middle of semester, having no friends. The only other person that I knew in that school was my sister, and she hated my guts. Not really. Not really. That's the way I talk about you when you're not here. I'm still talking about that way about you when you're here, you know. But anyway, I never saw her, so I, I didn't know anybody. And I can remember the first day going into the cafeteria for lunch, and, and I didn't know anybody. And I didn't have anybody to sit with. I didn't have any friends. People were being mean to me. I was I was just... I was just a shrimp of a little kid. I'm not nearly the, the hunk I am now. Okay? I was just I was a weakling. I was a shrimp. Uh, I had, you know, acne on my face. I mean, I was ugly. Nobody liked me. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody to sit with. I was an introvert. Couldn't make friends very well. So I sit there and ate my lunch by myself. Second day, I said, I'm not doing that again. There were, we had open campus. That means you can leave campus. I didn't have a car, but I had my feet. And so I walked across the street to a grocery store. Remember that grocery store? I went in, got some snacks, Coke, 
apple pie, cheese and crackers. Very nutritious lunch. It was November. I went in the alley behind the grocery store, and I ate my lunch. Isn't that sad? I'm serious. Isn't that sad? Doesn't that bring a tear to your eye? Aren't you very emotional right now? Let's have an altar call. I look back on that and I think, man, dude, come on. Why'd you do that? Well, I mean, I was just a punk kid, didn't know any better. I was alone. I was lonely. I was sad. I needed to be cheered up. You know what I found? You know what I found? I wasn't by myself in that alley. God was with me. And believe it or not, that was a good time for me because God taught me some things and God did cheer me up. Psalm 16, 8 and 9. David said, I kept the Lord before me always because He's close by my side. I will not be hurt. So I rejoice. That is, I'm cheered up and I'm glad. That is, I'm happy. Even my body has hope. So David is saying, I, I keep the Lord before me. It was a conscious decision. It was a mental choice that he made. Then he goes on the verse and says, I'm consciously choosing to keep God as my focus, to think on Him, to focus on Him. So when you are alone, dear friend, you have two choices. You can choose to focus on your loneliness and have a pity party, Poor me, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I think I'll eat some worms. Or you can focus on the fact that God has never left you and that He's with you and that He loves you. And when you focus on that, it gives you the choice to rejoice. And it is your choice. David, David often felt the pain of loneliness. But he said in Psalms 16:11, God, your presence fills me with joy. How do you know when somebody's walking in the presence of God? Well, they're full of joy. How do you know when somebody's not walking in God's presence? They don't have any joy at all. <laughs> I know some of you had a tough week this past week, didn't you? I mean, it was a real bummer for you. You're depressed. It was a bad week. Have you ever had a week like that? It's just everything went wrong? about a month like that? How many of you are working on a life like that? Huh? I know. When everything doesn't seem to work out and all the pieces of the puzzle don't fit, you get depressed. And there are some people in this room today who have faced a tragedy this past week and you've wondered, where is God? Where is God when I'm facing all of this hurt? Well, let me tell you, He's right there with you. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are of a crushed spirit. Wow. That's why it's so essential to be able to recognize and learn that He's with us, and that if we just tune into Him, we can feel His presence. He is close to the brokenhearted. God is here today, 
and He will cheer you up. He'll give you something the world can't. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because God is with me. I know He helps me out. I know He cheers me up. But number three, I know He's going to see me through. Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters and great troubles, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. God is not going to let you sink. He's saying, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to see you through. Even when you feel like I can't go on another day, I can't put one foot in front of another. I'm ready to throw in the towel. When you feel that way, the good news is God's with you and He's going to see you through. Stress studies have discovered that the most stressful thing a person can go through is the death of a spouse. The second most stressful thing a person can experience in life is the divorce of a spouse. And those are stressful things. They bring about loneliness. Most women outlast or outlive most men by nine years on average. So those of you here today who are wives and mothers, chances are you might spend a significant portion of your life alone. I, I, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer on Mother's Day, but you know what? That's the facts. That's the way it is. So my suggestion, not only to you ladies, but to all of us here today, you know what? Let's get ready for that. Let's be prepared for that. How do you do that? You become best friends with Jesus. So that when it happens and you are alone, you won't be a stranger to Him and you won't be lonely. Several years ago, I had the, the funeral of a man who's wife told me after the funeral, I don't know what the future holds, but I know that God holds the future. That, that lady had the right perspective. She had her eyes on God, and I know she found friendship in Him. You know, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can control your response. Sometimes being alone in certain seasons of life is totally unavoidable. You will spend times in your life alone. That is unavoidable. But loneliness is avoidable if you tap into the resources of God's plan for your life, God's people in His church, and God's presence in your heart. And if you develop a friendship with God where you have an ongoing conversation with Him every single day, when those inevitable tough times come, you'll have Christ right there with you. And you will realize that He is there to help you out, to cheer you up, and to see you through. And He will. I'm changing gears, but hang with me, okay? I'll bring it back together. Did you know that there are radio and television waves going through the air all the time? Right now, they're, they're in this building. They're going through the air. You can't see them, but it doesn't mean that they're not there. Radio and TV waves are going through your body right now. You can't feel it, but they're there. And if you have the right mechanism, 
you can actually tune in to these waves. If you have a television set, you can turn it on and you can dial the channel or tune the channel where you see a picture and you hear. If you have a radio, you can turn it on and you can dial it in, you can tune it in where you can hear music. Those waves are all around you. But in order to see them and hear them and take advantage of them, you've got to tune in to them. Does that make sense? Likewise, God's all around us. God's in this building. God's presence is here. The greater thing, if you're a believer, God is in you. But you know what? Same thing is true. You've got to tune in to Him in order for Him to help you out and see you through. You've got to plug into God and you've got to tune in to God. You say, well, how do you do that? How can I tune in to God on a moment-by-moment basis? Well, very quickly, I'm closing two things. Here's two things to do. Number one, you've got to desire it with all your heart. You've got to want to tune in to God. I must desire a relationship with God. You see, God doesn't butt into people's lives. God may do something to get your attention, but God doesn't force Himself on you. He's given us a free will. You're in a free will Baptist church. You know that? He gives you freedom of choice. One of the reasons why you don't sense God's presence is because you just got too busy for God. You're distracted. You haven't had time for God. You haven't had time to get to know Him. So here's what we need to do today. We need to pray today, God, I really want to know You. I really want to sense Your presence in my life. I'm earnest about this, God. Listening to Brother Will this morning, I realized how important this is. I need to tune in to You. I'm serious about this, God. I realize that the most important thing in my life is to connect with You. And I want to do that today. David said, the one thing I want from God, the one thing I seek out the most is the privilege of living in His presence every day of my life. So tell God earnestly that you want to get to know Him. And if you haven't done this, today you need to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. Accept Him as your Savior. Let me tell you, that's a game changer right there. It's a life changer. Not only for here in this life, but for eternity. So accept Jesus as your Savior. Be born again. Get to know Him. So number one, I desire it. Number two, I dedicate time to get to know God. It, it takes time to develop relationships, doesn't it? Friendships, marriages. It was 32 years ago that I met the love of my life. And I fell in love with Miss Angie Archer in Corning, Arkansas. I, I, I tell you, I knew it when I saw her on the softball field there at Hillsdale. She was playing shortstop. Back then, girls couldn't wear shorts at, on Hillsdale's campus, so she had on jeans and she was hot, so she rolled them up, and I could see her calves. <laughs> Woo, baby. She had on a T-shirt, and she had her sleeves rolled up. And I, I, she was, I said, there she is. There she is. I fell in love with her. A year later, I married her. You know, I thought I knew everything there was to know about Angie Archer from Corning, Arkansas. It's been 31 years ago. This next Wednesday, we will have been married 31 glorious, blessed, wonderful, exciting years. I thought I knew all there was to know her, about her. 
until the very next day. I realized I didn't know everything there was to know about Miss Angie. And I think it dawned on her too that she didn't know everything there was to know about me. I heard her talking to her mom on the phone. Mama, what have I done? I just made that up, didn't I? That wasn't true. But you know what? That's been 31 years ago. And I'm still learning things about Miss Angie. Good things. Things that make me love her more. And you know what? I'm telling you the truth. I would rather spend time with Angie than, than with any of you. I mean, taking her to lunch and just eating. Just through a conversation, I learned new things about her. And it's so exciting. And it makes my heart, what's the word, pulpitate? Pulpitate? Beat fast? My, my kids are about to vomit over here. Aren't you? My whole family's embarrassed. My face is turning red, isn't it? That's what life's about. Getting to know people. Loving people. The only, the only way you can really get to know them is spend time with them. You know what? That's the way it is with God. You need to do that every day. You need to set aside time on a daily basis when you say, you know what, God, I'm not going to turn on the TV. I'm not going to log into the computer. I'm just going to sit here in your presence. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to be still and listen because I know there's something you want to say to me. Let me tell you, the quickest way to get into God's presence is to give Him praise. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me. It tells me that God inhabits the praise of His people. That's where God lives, in His people's praise. The Bible also says we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. So try singing. You don't have to be on, on tune, you know. The Bible just says make a joyful noise. If God is everywhere, I can praise Him anywhere. I don't have to be in church. I could be in my car, taking a shower, taking out the garbage, working. It doesn't matter where I am. God is with me all the time. You just need to start praising God. You say, well, well what do I say when I praise Him? Just praise Him, man. Thank you, God. Thanks for being my Savior and my friend. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being there to help me out and to cheer me up. Thank you for being there to help me through. Thank you, God, for my church family. Wow. You just start praising God. You get to know Him. Have I told you this morning that, that loneliness is a choice? It really is. It's a choice. You can reduce the pain of loneliness in your life if you'll take advantage of the resources God has given us. And again, there were three of them. His plan to live for, His people to live with, his presence to live in. I commit my life to God and His plan for me. I say, God, I want to follow Your plan for my life. I want to be the person You made me to be. Focus on that, and you'll not have time for a pity party. Number two, become a, a part of a church family. People to live with, not just an attender, but be a part of the family. Build some relationships so that you'll have people that you're close to. Get involved. You need to be in a small group. Take the initiative. If you want to break the grip of loneliness in your life, you have to stop building walls and start building bridges. I've met a lot of Christians who are lonely because they, they are sitting when they need to be 
serving. So get the focus off yourself. Find a ministry. And then number three, develop a, a daily time with God. Realize His presence and live in that. Get to know God. Talk to Him. Talk to Him every day. Read your Bible and pray. Have a daily quiet time. I'm about to stop, but I want to ask you one more thing. What, what is the source of loneliness in your life today? Maybe a death, maybe, maybe a divorce. Maybe it's because your business requires you to be gone a lot during the week and you spend many lonely nights in a motel room. Maybe you're married to a husband or wife who won't talk to you. Can, can you be married and lonely? Sure you can. Can you be famous and lonely? Sure you can. A crowd is not company. You need personal relationships. Judy Garland once said, Why is it if I'm such a legend, I'm so lonely? <laughs> you need relationships. But you know what? Regardless, regardless of the source of your loneliness, I want you to know, friend, that God's with you, that God loves you. There has never been a moment in your life when God has not been watching you. In fact, He's got His eye on you right now. And it's with love. God cares about you. He loves you. More than anything, God wants to have a personal relationship with you. Remember this, God says over and over in Scripture, I will be with you, for I am the Lord. He's reaching out to you today. Will you reach out to Him? Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now that those who need to come and receive you as their Savior would do so, Lord, that they would just invite you into their heart and have their life changed, give them something to live for. Lord, for the Christian who is here today that just seems, they just seem like they're all by themselves and alone. Maybe for some reason they're, they're away from you. I pray that today they would come home to you and get close to you again. Lord, for those who are just lonely, May they recognize and realize that your presence is here. And may today at the altar they tune in to you and get plugged into your presence, Lord. Lord, we, we're going to open these altars for people to come and pray. And it's my prayer that we could just sense you in this place and really have a desire to come and, and talk to you, God. So I lift up my friends, those who are lonely and brokenhearted. May they, may they find joy in Jesus today. Lord, for others who just need to come and pray and want to do that, may, may they have that privilege. Many of us want to come today and thank you for our families, our moms. Pray for our families. Give us the freedom to do that as well. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. The praise team is going to sing.